Hello and welcome to the I'm Pretty podcast. I'm Basma and this is Chi. We want to explore the world of beauty through the experiences and stories of people of colour. In each episode, we will unpack different themes and topics, along with the help of some friends, experts and people we just really love. We've got lots to say, lots to learn and we're here to do that with you. So let's get to it. All right, Kadeen. Hi, Chi. Hi, Bas. Hi, Vibs. How are you? I'm all right, tired, knackered. Welcome to your intro. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm always tired and knackered, nothing new. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you tired and knackered? Oh, um, just busy month, work, podcast, trying to move. Okay, Dean, stop being so modest, say it how it is. Why are you knackered? I'm trying to move. <laughs> you bought a house, babes. I know. Trying to move. <laughs> you bought an actual house. You're not just moving to another rented flat. You bought a house. There's an accomplishment there. Oh, thank you. Long time coming. <laughs> it's been a couple of years. Five, to be exact. Whoa. Have you, has this moment been building up for five years? Yeah, literally. Wow. Well done. Congratulations. Every year I couldn't find anywhere that I liked, so... It just continued and rolled over like the lottery. Oh, babes, when's a house party? There will be no house party. <laughs> <laughs> Cake social gathering. We'll do one. We'll do one. A soiree. A soiree. Yeah, a yeah, small yeah. soiree. Yeah, exactly. Um, Kadeen, last time we had you on here, it was a very emotional time mm. for us all. It really was. It feels like it was so long ago, but it's probably only about two months, if that. Yeah. It was it two months? Yeah, about two months ago. Yeah, about that. How have you felt since then? Um, definitely better. Um, it was interesting to hear the feedback that we all individually received and people apologising for not contacting us or people that agreed with our sentiments and our thoughts and feelings. So that was nice. Um, and it was it was different to obviously everything that we've done so far with the podcast. Yeah. yeah, I think we haven't actually reflected over that episode and having you on here is making me think a bit more. Um, even what I think I loved the most about the reception of that episode was hearing from people who have had similar similar experiences or were going through the same thing as we were essentially coming to us and saying like thank you so much I've been trying to put it into words. I don't know how yeah. we managed to put it into words between tears but like and we also with that episode it was our least prepared episode we just kind of won it a little bit you know there was no structure <laughs> there was no like what are we doing how are we doing this it was so sweet to just sort of just talk. freely talk yeah freely talk no holds bar so yeah I was it's probably one of my favorite episodes that we've done because it was just so honest we mm. keep saying that word I know we use honest a lot and actually out of this whole podcast experience we all have got a lot of honesty out of our own guests but it's also nice that we can honestly speak our truth as well yeah, yeah, that episode was definitely a marker for me in terms of speaking, being more open and honest, for sure. This episode is Unpretty and Unfiltered, which I love these episodes. Not that I don't love all the episodes, I just really like these episodes. Let's talk a bit about our guest. Yeah. In fact, before, in case, as a listener, this is the first episode that you're coming to, our Unpretty and Unfiltered episodes are where we select one person who is just really impressing us with whatever they're doing on the internet or off the internet. Both of our guests happen to have been on the internet and just speak to them about their lives and their work and just coming up as a person of colour. Yeah, and this person's pretty special. I mean, we might as well just say his name. 
Uh, so we have <laughs> Munya Chihuahua on, who is slowly and very surely climbing the ranks in terms of being some of the most shared videos that we all have had between us, between our friends and our families, and like just like sending it around and being like, oh my God, have you guys seen what Munya's just done? Um, and he cleverly sort of brings together quite smart political problems that we have in the UK and worldwide and makes them sort of digestible, I guess, is the right way to explain yeah. it. They're digestible in a humorous way, in a way that is kind of relatable to most people, I would say. Oh my God, yeah. And I think people of all different experiences, actually, because, I mean, I love the way that his Unknown P character. You um, love Unknown P. That's your Oh my God. Un- Unknown P actually isn't my fave, but I do just find it hilarious how I just, I find the whole concept of drill music just generally hilarious it's such a strange thing that came to our I didn't know about drill until I saw a BBC special news report on it what Um, yeah I I didn't know I don't know new music (laughs) and this was I'm saying this happened this was like three years ago when they were like drill music is ruining the youth so the fact that Munya uses drill as a outlet for his political comedy I just Mm. think it's absolutely genius. And his most recent one, The Pretty Little Thing, I thought was beyond genius. I watched that and it was just before, like we were sort of like when we were just talking about him and like getting on the episode and stuff. And I was just like, oh my God, this is actually not just comedy gold, but I feel like it spoke to me. (laughs) Like I was like, yeah, this is how I feel. (laughs) You need to watch his latest one, his um, Johnny Oliver about Carnival. That oh, is really oh, yeah, I've seen that. Well. <laughs> so anyway. uncomfortable watching. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to end up just talking about him without him having him in the conversation. So we just introduce him and get chatting. Let's get him in. Yeah, so introducing our incredible guest, a master of comedy with the puns that will have you in stitches. Munya Chawa has become one of the most exciting comedians to come from the social space. Munya cleverly developed a plethora of personalities, which have been a huge hit, especially during lockdown. From the infamous newsreader by Crease, the UK's first posh drill rapper, Unknown P, which we're all dying over. And chef <laughs> Jamie Oliver's Caribbean cousin, Johnny Oliver. His self-produced videos have led to an impressive roster of characters and many viral moments and me and the girls constantly share them and are just like, oh my God, have you guys just seen what Minyu's done? So you've got us laughing. (laughs) Ah, great. Thank you for such a lovely intro. Thanks for having me. No problem. (laughs) How do you identify yourself ethnically before we get into the actual episode? Um... So, I, so, yeah, so I'm mixed race. So my mum's white British. My dad is black Zimbabwean. So, yeah, mixed race, I'd just say. Oh. Mm. On your profile, that. on your Instagram profile, you say that you're Zimbabwean. So you don't... Mm-hmm. Is that an intentional thing that you don't really focus oh, on? Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, so I was born in uh, Derby, which I've said in interviews before, mm. but I don't remember anything about Derby other than... Because uh, I, I left there when I was four. Only thing I can really remember is just like loving the Spice Girls and then just moving straight <laughs> over to Zimbabwe. And then when I moved to Zimbabwe, that's when I just feel like my whole character was kind of built from my experiences there and stuff. So I identify more strongly with being a Zimbabwean than I do being British. But technically, as I've said, um, you know, I was born in, I was born in Derby, moved to Zimbabwe when I was four and then sort of moved back when I hit when I hit my uh, adolescence. 
Ah. Mm-hmm. So what age did you move back here at? So I left when I was four and I moved back when I was about to turn 13. Okay. Oh, okay. And yeah. where did you move back to? Did you move back to Derby? Uh, temporarily, yes. But then I ended up moving to Norwich because my parents were sort of convinced that I'd be uh, entrenched in gang culture if I went to if I went to London straight away. Plus, we couldn't afford it. So we ended up going to Norwich, which is the opposite. Uh, and then from there, I lived in sort of Birmingham, Sheffield, and then now London for about three years. Oh, uh, okay. That explains your accent. You've got this, like, well, generally blended northern yeah, little bit of Midlands. Yeah, it's quite blended, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and why did you guys move to Zimbabwe? Why did you move back to Zimbabwe, I guess, because your dad is from Zimbabwe? Yeah, so I think we were living in England, in Derby, in like a, a shabby... Um, what do you call it, like a terrace house. So really sandwiched in. And my dad, I think, was going back to to Zimbabwe every fortnight to to work. And obviously, um. you know, as a parent, you you want to be around your kids when they're so young. I, have, I had a little sister who would have been uh, two around the time. And I think my dad just felt so guilty. And he thought, look, I'm going back and forth. And realistically, every time I get on that plane, I'm getting off the plane and it's beautiful the sun is shining there's space this is the perfect place for kids to grow up and my mum was obviously very keen to to visit there as well mm. she had visited but she was keen to, to to take a leap and get away from what she'd always known and so yeah as a family we moved out there when I was four and um just like I said imagine you know as a kid you just want to be free and you want to be running around and you want to have mm. adventures that just felt like you know pressing play on that chapter of my life you know Oh, yeah. nice. Do you have any siblings? Yeah, I've got two sisters. So I've got one who is two years younger than me. So she's mm-hmm. 25. And then I've got one who is 17 uh, and okay. spends most of her time grinding on household objects for TikToks, uh, which is, which is, <laughs> which I'm sure we her. all do. I'm sure it's we all we do. don't all do that. We uh, don't all do it that. It's just very, uh, it's a very, <laughs> it's just uncharted territory as a big brother. Do you know what I mean? Do you use TikTok? Uh, Yeah, I use TikTok. um, Not in the, you know, I'm not the first trap that I intended to be on there. But I think, you know, it's just important to keep your finger on the pulse. And I I guess you don't want to, it's all about kind of using those platforms to create an income, isn't it? Yeah. So, you know, some people do it for the entertainment purpose. Uh, Me, I'm always thinking about, okay, cool. How can this further my career? Maybe it can help me to, to make connections or you never know. If everyone is on there just out of curiosity, then that does mean some producers and, you know, people who could really connect you to big opportunities might just be on there on the day that your your, your post gets on there. So, yeah, I am out there. I'm on there out of necessity as opposed to uh, my desire. I feel, like, I feel like I'm like that with Twitter. Like, I'm a mm. little bit scared of it. I don't really mm. want to be on there, but I'm just like, I circulate and I watch and then I'm like, see you guys later before someone mm. says something and every the whole world gets cancelled. Yeah. I'm so, so scared of Twitter. But oh yeah, God. you're right. It's the same thing. People approach you on there. Are you afraid of Twitter because you're afraid to be cancelled? I just I just watch people be cancelled and I'm just like, this is like piranhas. Like everyone's also, just waiting for something about, to happen. Like, I feel, I don't tweet, I'm the same, but I feel so pressured if I was was to tweet that my tweet would have to be both hilarious and incredibly intelligent highly I yeah. feel with so yeah. much pressure I can't yeah I can't I hear what you're saying. Right. 
together. I think that, yeah. uh, you know, cancel, the, the, you know, people getting cancelled over tweets, it depends really because some people just do something awful and then everyone sort of seems to just move on quite quickly. I think mm. it depends on how much of a bounty a person has kind of accumulated through maybe being controversial in the past or whatever. But generally, it's a very strange thing. I think if you're, you know, I think if you're like an, a major, the only person who's really been cancelled, they're saying officially, is Wiley, simply because he can't Wiley. get back onto social media. Yeah. Um, you can't be on TikTok or Twitter or YouTube or Mad. Instagram. That that feels like cancelling in the purest sense. Whereas a lot of the time, yeah. I think it's maybe just subjective. Yeah. yeah. It's actually kind of wild that someone can be cancelled. Like, if, that's a good question actually for everyone. If someone gets cancelled, um on the internet does that mean they effectively just disappear like is Wiley just now disappeared yeah do especially they not in these anymore? times though in these times like, right? there's no other way to interact with him at all mm. like so, he's just so like in his flat in where does he live like i'm sure i'm sure you could send him a, a pigeon messenger if, if, if <laughs> but i do think that if i think that the, the internet is much more than what a person themselves can post because they can live through other people posting them. So I, most yeah, of how yeah. I know what Wiley's getting up to now is because of other people who have maybe seen him on Snapchat or something and then just uploaded that stuff to Twitter. So mm. it's very difficult to erase something completely from the internet, which mm. is a blessing and a curse, I think, because I had mm. very questionable fashion choices at university. Oh um, God, that MySpace that profile. Fits gold, MySpace gold Bebo. Air Jordans, purple chinos, vintage jackets, a moment wow, wow. I don't want to even discuss. You know, we all make mistakes. Uh, maybe sometimes this is perception that people of colour or black people don't understand that, uh, you know, racism isn't just about white people being racist to them. I think that's completely mm. untrue. And I think most of my friends and most of the people in my sphere have, have said, absolutely, it's wrong completely wrong um i think it is very interesting to see the uh, the social media uh, response to wiley uh so instantaneous and swift in terms of its justice towards him mm. and it mm. felt like in a way people had to be sort of led uh, sort of dragged kicking and screaming to kind of form the words black lives matter mm. or to acknowledge that there was some sort of racism at work in the uk towards black people that's just an objective you know observation but I think, as I've mentioned, I think most most people with a logical head on their shoulder would go, look, anytime you're generalizing or putting out overly derogatory information about a race and spreading that kind of uh, that kind of message, you know, it, I, it's, it's wrong. So it's just one of those things, really, isn't it, where you you want to think to yourself, OK, is there something more insidious, more kind of um, is there something else at play here in terms of why we reacted the way we did? you know why the news did and and social media did there's no telling for sure but definitely on a surface value on, on a surface level it seemed like there were some differences for sure yeah yeah I t it's a very tricky one with the Wiley thing because you're right like I don't agree with anything he said at the same time there's people which have said pretty horrific things and are surviving and are living and are okay so I, th I do think he's been made a, an example of mm -hmm. um, put, it, put it this way as well the day that Wiley got uh, blocked from Instagram. I went onto Instagram and my explore page, the the, the image, the, the video that was magnified on the feed, was Katie Hopkins running around in a hijab. 
What? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I didn't. I haven't watched that. I haven't actively watched that video. But that was just that was just a huge contrast in terms of one person being forcibly removed from the platform and then another person yeah. being highlighted for, 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 the, yeah. for that act. You know. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what we have um, a WhatsApp group and I do, a lot of us. I, I think Baz, you were on the same camp. We didn't realize that Katie Hopkins was just like on Instagram. Mm, um, yeah, obviously, because like she just doesn't come up she's not someone that we engage with um and someone raised the fact that she was on instagram and we all went on her instagram and multiple we we all reported her account basically and yeah, instagram yeah. was like this isn't offensive mm. <laughs> we're like this yeah. is yeah. offensive also yeah. yeah the thing is i think twitter are generally hotter on this like policing of their users than Instagram and Facebook, mm. from my experience. Um, Maybe, I mean, I, to be honest with you, I think uh, I have witnessed, it's, it's just strange how sometimes for being a controversial figure, um, you can create a career from it. Uh, yeah. You know, sometimes from being, from saying these outrageous things and, and uh, inflaming racial tensions, you can create yourself an entire career. Uh, you know, mm. if you look at Katie Hopkins, she's had a television show, she's had a news column, uh, she was the host of an LBC radio show. That's the kind of media career that most pe- that many people dream of having, who yeah. are kind of on that media journey, and uh, it does stem from a hateful place. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting that you know perhaps it will be worded by her fans as you know just the truth or honesty, mm. but I don't think that Wiley would be offered an LBC show anytime soon yeah. based on similar <laughs> sentiments. Yeah. No, no, no. Munya, where did you come from? And like, we're not asking where you were born. We know that. We don't mm. want to know where your parents were from, where your grandparents were from. Like, how on earth did you end up on all of our Instagram feeds, especially during over the last six months? You really did. You just kind of like, everyone was like, Munya, Munya. Like, you just like literally <laughs> out of like ripplings of your name just sort of happened and now everyone's talking about you. Oh, that's pretty cool. It's really nice to hear that. Um... For sure, I'm not interested in the, the 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 fame of it all, if you can call it that. I mean, t- I have a very different perception of fame. Like, if I was in a, a blockbuster Hollywood film, you know, starring Vin Diesel and Idris Elba, which had been seen by millions across the world, then I'd be like, okay, cool, I'm, I think this is a version of fame. To, to For people to see my Instagram videos, I look at it less like that, and I just think, you know, it's, it's great to be able to make work that people are enjoying so widely. Uh, mm. You know, you can assume that if I do like a parody drill rap, I guess the people who will see it will be kind of like young teenage boys who enjoy drill. But to hear that there are adults who like it, there are people in Manchester who watch it and Bristol and da-da, mm. that just blows my mind. And I think mm. ultimately, you know, I've been trying, I've always put out content, always. I've tried having a podcast, you know, I've tried fashion vlogging, uh, vlogging, sorry, I've tried normal vlogging, I've tried like weekly roundups, I've tried everything. And I was always just looking for the thing that was going to stick and allow me to just really create on a frequent basis to create something that people interacted with, you know? Yeah. I just I just wanted to, on one of my third videos, um, when I started making sketches, I think I did a video that got, got like 30 comments and I was absolutely chuffed with that because I was like, okay, cool. Like we're talking about the content that you've just seen. And that's awesome because it's kind of like, 
it's started a conversation or it's got some sort of reaction and people are just watching it, they're engaging with it. So the level it's at now where obviously many more people watch it and people discuss it and people post it in WhatsApp group chats, you know, that is just, it's like everyday living in Disneyland. That, that was always what I wanted. I was just keen to leave a body of work that people can go back and watch and go, this is still entertaining. And if I can leave that, if I can leave that, that level of legacy, then I think I can retire happy and I can bow out when the time's right because I'm not necessarily desperate to keep doing this forever. I think before I do stop, I just want to make sure that I've left a mark on this planet. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's so interesting, actually, that you're talking about you don't plan to do this forever. You kind of just want to leave a mark. What, like For you, what is your career trajectory? Like, How do you see this panning out? Do you have an idea of what you want to do eventually? In my mind, I do, and I do believe this will happen. I'd like, I've made my internet sketches. I've sort of shown that I can be consistent. Then I'd like to make something for TV. In my heart, I think Channel 4 would be pretty cool, although I'm, of course, open to anywhere else as well. But I think many of the things that I've watched and resonated with have been on Channel 4. And then I'd love to do something for Netflix because I think Netflix are amazing. And I think that the possibility of being seen around the world yeah it would be pretty awesome just like mo did with his uh, stand-up tour yeah the amount of yeah. countries that was seen in i just think that's incredible so yeah mm. tv netflix some some form of stand-up show i need to work on that because i haven't really done stand-up but i believe that's possible uh and then to win a bafta and then we'll see what happens i'd love to be in a film as well that'd be pretty cool but yeah i'd say look netflix tv and a bafta all feel achievable i think for sure if you think about um if you think about how much you could do in a year i think you can thinking to myself all right cool even if i gave myself 10 years before i then just sort sort of changed my focus and said oh i'm just going to relax now i'm just going to take my foot off the gas there's so much time and there's so many things that can happen in that time you know one video can change my whole life you know and that is what happened during lockdown i did a news report off the back of black lives matter was seen 3.1 million times and from there that was a turning point in my whole life because the mm. press wanted to know tv production companies wanted to know so knowing that that video that life-changing video could happen any day you know it could happen this afternoon it could happen tomorrow morning that just makes me faithful that sorry that makes me hopeful that uh even something as big as netflix or as big as a bafta might not actually be that far away it's not if you speak into existence. Yeah, all of us are literally just like, <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. 100%. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's oh. how everything's come about this far, you know. For you, having a Zimbabwean dad, mm-hmm. how is that reaction when you're like, I'm going to do comedy? And they in their head are just like, he's telling jokes. That's mm. what he's doing for a living. Like, what's the reaction from them? Um, I think, of course, there's this perception that oh this is running joke that if you tell your African parents you're going to be anything other than a uh, brain surgeon and lawyer (laughs) on your weekends (laughs) family but I think actually my my parents they don't they 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 know what I do but I don't think they care that much I don't know maybe you get to a point in your life where you're just like okay are they eating three times a day do they live in a house cool I whatever you're doing to get there no problem because my friends are more excited than they are do you know what i mean right i think if i was to win a bafta 
and they were at, and they got to come to the award show i think in that moment they'll be like Whoa, what have we missed you know what mm. has been going on all this time so that's why again that's really important to me because it's like i want them to be interested you know and i want them to know how big this is because you know it just i i don't know i, I think you know if you're op- if you're a brain surgeon for example or you're designing rockets and stuff like that it's such a very it's such a tangible measure of look how well my son's doing whereas mm-hmm. if you're going to a dad oh dad i got retweeted by john boyega he's like oh what is a john boyega it's like oh <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i mean i think that my dad would have preferred me to would have liked if i was a politician or a lawyer or something that implemented public speaking just because that's what he does or he wanted to do but actually mm-hmm. i think there will come a moment where I can do something off the back of the success I have had in comedy and he can go, okay, maybe this is bigger than, I, than I've than i ever fathomed before. I wonder if um, future African parents, like, you know, like the African parent brag, mm. like, you know, he's he's a lawyer. He went to Oxford and Cambridge, whatever. Mm. Um, do you think in the future, uh, I suppose it's us, will be bragging about their kids like, oh, he's got 300,000 followers on Instagram. Like, mm. do you think that might be the future brag? Or do we think the expectation is still going to be the same? Like, I think that uh, the number, it will always be difficult to to justify, to use your number of followers as a, as a brag. Because realistically, I think that your followers don't necessarily equate to your success. You know, you can have followers mm. for any reason. Really, you can have followers for any single reason. You know, on TikTok, I see some of the most, uh, like, offensive, um, you know, insensitive content that is, you know, widely shared and and the people gain followers off the back of it. But I don't think, to me, that is not a measure of success because I think it's all about creating quality. It always, you know, prior to social media, people would work uh, long and hard on making television shows or magazines or you know radio shows or podcasts because they wanted to make an output that was just quality over you know at a time where you couldn't gain followers from doing stuff it was always about quality so i think mm. realistically that is something that is inbuilt into a lot of our parents future parents maybe not so because i'll understand it but for my parents and i think when i am a parent the thing that will impress me most is just a tangible uh, thing that you can say well look you can tell that so much thought and effort has gone into this and it actually mm. looks or sounds or feels amazing um, I think it's definitely about kind of like it's less about clout and more about quality so I think you're always going to have to have something to show for that because that number of followers it's just theoretical you never meet all of them but yeah. a video yeah. that a video that is amazing you'll be able to watch that and see for yourself okay this is actually decent mm. yeah yeah um, what is it that your parents do for a living? So my my mum, uh, she, oh, I forget what she does. She She's really good at organising and she's very, very switched on in terms of, <laughs> she's very switched on when it comes I forget, to her. I forget what she does, but she's good at organising. <laughs> well, I know that she is in charge of like, she's in charge of coordinating between loads of different companies and stuff. But I don't really know what the role is called. But when she lived in Zimbabwe, she worked for DFID, which was, I believe, a form of bringing in resources and aid 
uh, to Zimbabwe. It was a really great job. My mum is so smart, but obviously we had to leave that behind and it was really tricky to, to go back into that. And she did make a big sacrifice. She had to make a sacrifice mm. coming back here and not being able to carry on that job because she was flying high. But to mm. get into a job really quickly so that she could support the family when we moved back, uh, I think that that is a sacrifice that she made. As for my dad, God knows what he does. He's very mysterious. You never answer that in straight question. Some days, <laughs> some days he might be a sniper for the army. The next time he might be a postman. God knows. I really don't know. And if you got him on this podcast right now and you held a weapon to his head and said, what do you do? You will be here for six hours before you even hear the semblance of a sentence. So God knows. <laughs> So oh, we want dear. to talk about your eyebrows. Mm. Doesn't everyone? On your Instagram bio, you mm. say that you've got exotic eyebrows. Um, erotic let's unpack eyebrows. That. Sorry, erotic eyebrows. Erotic eyebrows. <laughs> but they are quite exotic as well. I guess they're Zimbabwean. Zimbabwean's part is import. Um, yeah, my eyebrows are just like this. I don't know where they came from. My dad's got quite small eyebrows. My mum's got really skinny eyebrows. So I'm assuming that there's some sort of great uncle who descended from uh, a Yeti somewhere in my family lineage, <laughs> right. which right, and no, those right, genes right. have gone directly to me. I don't, I don't, uh, some people think that I kind of shave this little step edge into them. It's just been like that. I don't even know how that happened. They actually have got mm. smaller, unbelievably, since my last passport photo, which is huge oh. progress. <laughs> definitely, definitely <laughs> the biggest thing I've ever achieved. <laughs> But in terms of oh. actually just having eyebrows like this, um, I don't really care because when I was at school, no one said anything about them, unbelievably. And you know how wicked kids <laughs> can be at school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've never had a complex about them. So to now be doing stuff on Instagram, I'm in my 20s. If people start to you know try to insult me about them, I don't have a complex about them. So it's the same as you going, oh, your, your wrists are really skinny. I'm like, oh, that's a weird thing to say, but. It doesn't really impact me. And also, are you talking about me? Because oh you... no, I actually do have a complex about my wrists. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> I actually just um, joined this podcast just to troll you about your wrists. That that I've been yeah. waiting for this opportunity for months. But no, you know what? I think the thing I quickly learned about social media is you de- if, if you think that you can change something about your appearance and make people happy. You, you need to you, like that is that is not going to happen uh, if I change my eyebrows tomorrow not only will I get trolled about my new eyebrows they'll then start to say yeah. oh yeah and your hairline's receding so I go to Turkey now I have 110 injections <laughs> in my forehead or whatever it is I come back with a new hairline they'll be like oh your beard is just your beard doesn't connect it's never ending so if you think yeah. I'm going to spend my time modifying my body for some year nine who's got a hell of a hairline recession coming up in the next few years <laughs> i'm just going to sit back and just allow them to say what they're going to say and when they hit that when they hit that period of their lives where the wrinkles are creeping in the crow's feet the receding hairline the eyebrows whatnot i'll be there in my rocking chair on my porch with my phone in my hand porch. using the using like the magnif- magnified keyboard as an old man to type out <laughs> your hairline is receding so yeah i'm fine. Oh no, we love the eyebrows. It wasn't even like a neck. Oh no, no, that no. You actually... actually do have strong eyebrows. They're very well. healthy. Yeah. Do you have yeah. a grooming well, routine for them? Uh, I just try to make sure that they don't get too crazy. So I'll just pluck if there's any stray hairs or whatever. Just out of, 
wanting to have a version of a respectable face you know <laughs> the same as i'd shave or i do whatnot it's like you know i just want everything to be neat but yeah man i think i love them because at least it means that it's something distinguishable it's something distinct isn't it mm. so i think it's definitely helped me with growing my profile because maybe at one time you saw my videos a person saw my videos and went oh that guy's got huge eyebrows and he remembered me for that because think about how much content is on the internet and on meme pages every single day. So the next yeah, time a yeah. video of mine might have come up, he might have gone, oh, wait, who's this guy again? Oh, yeah, he tells jokes and he's got huge eyebrows. So I, mm. I'm, I'm actually kind of glad to have them. They're unique to yeah. you. Because mm. for me, I don't realise I have a bit of, obviously, I don't, I mean, I don't listen to myself that much, but obviously I know I have a weird accent. And it's become, in the same way you're saying about your eyebrows, it's become this thing that people remember me for. Mm. So you do end up, at the beginning, when people used to be like, why do you sound like that? I moved to London, everyone was like, well, you sound so stupid, why do you sound like that? Mm. And I was like, that's your complex, because people, like, that, I'm, it's not my fault. I don't know, I can't tell you, it's not my fault. Mm. And now it's like become my thing that people almost are like, the accent is what helps, because mm-hmm. people remember you. So maybe that's the same with eyebrows. So yeah. don't pluck them too much. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't, no, not too much plucking. I think it's right. Yeah, never pluck too much. But I think it's, um, yeah. I think it's good to have something about, uh, you know, it's good for a person to have something about themselves. It could be their accent. It could be their eyebrows. It could be, you know, their, their, their fashion sense. Because, you know, there's so many wrists. people. There's so many skinny wrists. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Last case scenario. I just think it's it's cool. it's pretty cool to think that in a world where there's so many people that there's mm. something about you that people remember. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. definitely I'm all in favour for people just embracing what, what, what makes them unique. Yeah, that's really nice. Is there a skin routine that comes along with an eyebrow routine? Because it does look very healthy. No, it's yeah, not at the moment. Just really no, no. Today it's not healthy because I just came back from holiday and uh, I don't know if this is a, a known thing. I only discovered it recently, but when I put sun cream on my face, it gets well spotty. It just gets mm. bare spots. Uh, I don't know why that is. You need to get off. you need to get specific sun cream for your yeah, face. For your face. Yeah. So yeah, I'm learning the That's hard the way lesson. from that. Basically, got a constellation <laughs> on my forehead at the moment. But generally, I uh, but I I always use Vaseline or cocoa butter, not the thick Vaseline like the new version, like the cocoa butter version of Vaseline. I have to when I get out of the shower, otherwise, it's literally walking around in paper mache that's going to crack at any moment. So get out of the shower, moisturize, and then just let the sun do its thing. You know what I mean? Like I love being out in the sun, uh-huh. and I feel like it just you know it recharges everything. You know, it makes your hair grow faster yeah. and it makes your skin glow. So yeah, I'm I love being in the sun. I'm meeting a lot of I'm meeting a worrying amount of people who are like, oh, I can't stand the sun. I have to be in the shade. I have to be on doors and sunny days. And I'm thinking, you know, this is like the last sunny days we're going to have for about 400 days after this. Like, I'll mm, be out on my balcony. It was really, it was really hot, Munya. It was so hot. Yeah. It was unbearably hot. Yeah, but just got I one think of them it's different USB in the city. No, in the city, it's completely. If I was like out on the coast, I'd feel completely mm. different. But mm. London heat is disgusting yeah it is a bit i guess (laughs) where were you on holiday i was in malta with my um with my girlfriend who's um her mum lives out there so yeah i went out to see her for a few days it was a bit it was good that i had some content to release that i'd pre-made just because Mm. to really abstain from making stuff it gives me anxiety because it was just like yeah i'm I'm a bit of a workaholic i have to 
I didn't used to admit that to myself. I used to be like, no, 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 it's fine. I'm just a bit busy. But now I understand that I am a bit addicted to my work and I have to, I have to, I get pulled up by either Gabs, my girlfriend or my friends or whatnot for saying, look, come on, you've got to remember us. You you know, you've got to make time for us. So I am trying to get better yeah. at that. Oh, it's hard though. Cause once the flow is going, once you're moving and you're doing, you're just kind of like, oh. Yeah, once you're on TV so every good. minute of every day, you know, <laughs> just like, oh, how do I get the little so <laughs> That's you, that's not even me, that's you. <laughs> Wicked. Well, yeah, I mean, um, I think going back to what you were saying about um, having like a a skincare routine and stuff like that, I the, sometimes when we go on shoots and they do do hair and makeup and stuff, that's always really surreal because I'm just not used to doing any of that. So I always feel mm. like I'm being a diva just by having someone put that weird tracing paper on my face. You know that tracing paper that makes you not sweat or whatever it's called? Blotting paper? Yeah. Paper. yeah. <laughs> a tracing paper? <laughs> yeah. I always like the way men see things. We're just like blotting paper. And he's like, it's like that we used to use with a circumference in high school. Like... <laughs> so good. You've worked with um, lots of brands. And just talking about beauty, have any beauty brands come knocking on your door? And are there any brands that you would like to work with that you haven't worked with before? Hmm. Well, and what about Nivea? You yeah. featured um, in that Suntan Dave vid. That oh, felt yeah, like I did. a... Oh, yeah. That oh, yeah, felt like a spawn. Uh, oh no, that wasn't. Did spawn. they pay that you for that? The only, um, <laughs> that was only the, the only sun cream I had in my house. Actually, I only <laughs> bought that for the video, and I'll never use that again because I don't like to use um, too strong sun cream because it makes my skin all rashy. But anyway, rashes aside, I think beauty <laughs> beauty brands would be pretty cool. I don't really know what ones I'd work with. I guess like deodorant stuff would count, but I'd like to do something with cocoa butter because yeah, cocoa butter's lit. And it just runs out well quickly. So it's like, if you can give me a crate of cocoa butter, I'll do just about anything. <laughs> Palmer's, if you're motto. listening. Yeah. Yeah, right. Palmer's, hello. I mean, honestly, can I say, I went on holiday and in boots, where you get your kind of holiday supplies after you've had all of them taken out by security, I got some cocoa butter. And when I got to the when I got to the country and I'd had like a swim and I thought, okay, I'm going to shower, then I'm going to put, put cocoa butter on. They'd some for some reason infused it with mint, so it was like cocoa butter oh, infused yeah. with mint. Mm. I was like, there's a lot oh, yeah. going on here. Like I wanted cocoa butter, not a bloody Aero's chocolate bar. So all of a sudden <laughs> I'm, getting the, I'm getting the coconut sensation, but the tingle of the mint. And I was like, this is just too much to handle. I just want my skin to be moisturised. I don't need this scintillation. <laughs> <laughs> there is the mint the mint in skincare is weird i have a, an oil that has like mint in it and i'm a bit like oh, every single time you're a bit like oh it's tingly yeah but why is in cocoa butter why that? are they mixing it up like what's next you know what next flavor mm. are they going to crowbar into my plain simple <laughs> cocoa butter recipe <laughs> what do you what if you could pick a flavor what would it be mm. so oh so it smells really coconutty at the moment i guess probably chocolate or something i don't know <laughs> You want to you want to smell like chocolate coconut. Yeah, well, like no, a bounty. Links, you want to be links, a bounty. You know that Lynx used to have a, a chocolate shower gel. I can't believe they actually yeah. remember that. Uh. Oh, it was horrible. It's like washing your armpits with yeah. a melted crunchy. Yeah, it, was. it actually was. I remember the smell of that. It actually was. Just Lynx in that? general, like I literally every time someone mentions Lynx, it I feel triggered. Like back to high school days. It's, it's high school. Yeah. Oh, P no. changing rooms were just yeah. You'd walk in there and it would just yeah. be like someone had been burning a lynx incense 
just like a shroud <laughs> of dry ice. But yeah, man, those are pretty and traumatic sweats, memories. Because it was always, I remember like just dirty hormonal boys and their sweaty smell with a mm. layer of links, links a over thick it. layer of links over it. Bad times. Bad times, bad times. <laughs> what inspires you when you create the characters that you portray? So like Barty Crease and Johnny Oliver. Well, that is, I guess it's kind of obvious, but like how do you choose who to base them off? And also are there additional layers of those characters based on people that you know? With regards to my characters, you know, I meet a lot of people. I've had many different phases in my life. And sometimes I'm just channeling those people through these characters. So when I lived in Norwich, I lived in a small village. Everyone there was super posh. I was in the minority, so I thought, look, I can't say anything about how ridiculous their behaviour is because I will seem like the weird one. When I came mm. to London and I figured, oh, wow, these people were actually kind of crazy and that it really wasn't normal, the level of elitism I was experiencing. I went, OK, cool, well, let me put that into a character, but use something that Londoners will understand, a.k.a. music mm. and drill, to, to convey this, 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 this human that lives somewhere else in the UK. And then Johnny Oliver was sort of off the back of a new story. Barty Crease was kind of made to tackle the British press. Press. So realistically, I'm just making characters built from issues that everyone's talking about and finding a way to right. kind of explain issues through personality traits. Yeah, and I guess for you, you've you know you recently tackled issues like COVID and Brexit, and also like literally, I was on Twitter, scary Twitter this morning, and the the pretty little thing was just so clever but it is the underlining of that though is that Mm. you're tackling actually social and political issues just in a comedic way is that a conscious decision that you make and is there a reason for doing that yeah of course I think it would be quite difficult to accidentally make a a political point in a in a video because um you know you have to I I don't know sometimes the worlds can feel quite separate you know talking about asylum Mm. seekers and then just making a random funny sketch. Ordinarily, those wor- those worlds wouldn't collide. So I am very interested in social issues. I'm very interested in politics to a degree. I'm just interested in the world that we're living in. And so for the things that are that do feel wrong, or the things that people it feels like people should be talking about, I understand that perhaps the easiest way to tell them about it is just to make them laugh first, and then be like, wait a minute, what was that? What was actually meaning by saying asylum sneakers, or what was what? Why would he mention that? And then maybe that spurs him mm. to, to research the news story. If you're watching something and you can see other people enjoying it and you're like, why don't I get these jokes? Perhaps it will encourage you to then go, let me just find out what, what Pretty Patel's actually been up to in the last few months. Yeah, that's yeah, a good way of thinking really of it. It's really clever. Yeah, like how do you um, deal with the backlash in, in, in the comment section? Like, is that something that you kind of pay attention to or you just kind of disregard it? Uh, I don't really... I don't actually receive too much backlash really I'm I'm really happy and grateful for that I don't have any backlash if anyone's saying oh you know you're not funny that's fine because it's just that's subjective I don't mind that yeah I mean really I'm trying to think of a time that someone has genuinely opposed the content of one of the videos I've made and I can't really that's kind think of amazing of though yeah but that's, that's amazing that for a comedian as well but that's because I'm uniting against a common enemy so mm. right you know Tommy Robinson Katie Hopkins, Pretty Patel, these are all people who their actions sometimes unite people in saying, actually, I don't know if you're that nice a person. I don't know whether what you're doing is, is that kind or that, you know, humane. And so once you rally, once you, you manage to kind of set them as the person that you are kind of taken down, 
it's different from just targeting somebody ordinary or somebody who's had no involvement in that. So if there's already a sentiment towards a person, for me to basically play off of that, it's like I already know for a fact that it will resonate because I can see it in the tweets and the posts that people are doing anyway. Yeah, that makes sense. A lot of your characters are like personifications of toxic masculinity. Do you feel mm-hmm. that? Would you agree? Um, yeah, I guess there are some who are kind of like very rambunctious and sort of uh, oblivious and ignorant and insensitive, which I think for many for many people would agree that is the definition of men. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> Including yourself or are you going to no, no, no. exemplify yourself a bit? Uh, I'm a bit of a strange, I'm a bit of a strange specimen in the sense that uh, I didn't necessarily grow up with like a huge group of guy friends. You know, I grew up around my sisters quite a lot, so like a, you know, I I understand like a lot of what, how what they were dealing with them when they was growing up, and you know when when my dad was away, it would be like my mum and my two sisters. So like I've, I definitely have never done things like, uh, you know, catcalling for instance. I was really when I found out that most women will walk out of their front door and someone will say something unsolicited to, the, to them, I thought that's I thought that's impossible. I did not know that that's how men were acting. So mm-hmm. finding out how finding out the behaviour of, of some men towards women recently, and I know it makes me sound really naive, has just been a real shock to the system, and it has made me like really disappointed and made me feel like you know this shouldn't be happening. You know whether it's going to a gym and having people you know, talking to you in the gym or, you know, walking past building sites, people saying this or people shouting things at my girlfriend outside of the car. I really didn't know that's how people were living and I don't know, I wish that would change. It's real life. Obviously coming into this kind of fame that's happening over lockdown for you and growing and being bigger and you want BAFTA one day and all those things. Mm-hmm. We were wondering, you know, how do you look after your mental health? Well, you know, I have my routines that I've used right from the very beginning. So, you know, I do my gratitudes, I do my affirmations every morning. I just try to think positive. Uh, I try not to complain too much. And those simple routines are just enough to always keep me to sa- keep me sane. You know, I have yeah, I have the world's most uh, supportive and uh, you know beautiful inside and out girlfriend who, you know, she'll watch all my videos and she'll feedback on everything that I do. Same as my best friend. You know, my best friend Scott will do the same. And they always just help me. If I ever feel down about anything, if I'm doubting myself or whatever, I would just message them and, you know, instantly I feel better. So having the, having a close circle and having your own kind of routine, as simple as it might be, those are just the things that I repeat constantly. And I think the routine is what keeps you level at a time when things are going up and down and up and down and this way and that way. Having one thing constant is what helps. Yeah. Very, yeah. very true. Oh my mm. gosh. So um, nice. So I actually also really like when men say really nice things about their I girlfriends. Know. I don't know why, mm. but it just is really nice to hear. Yeah, well, to be honest with you, I was a little bit... I try not to mention her too much initially because uh, I didn't really... I don't really talk about my family or my relationships on my platforms because, you know, I'm happy enough for people to start attacking me or to say that I look like this or I am this, but mm. I don't want that to be... I don't want them to to have to have any of that. You know, I don't want people mm. talking about my. Uh, you know, I don't want people engaging with my little sister because I've opened that that route of communication. If she wants to do that, right. fine. But I don't want to be the one for that. So I don't talk a lot right. about Gabs or you know my close friends and my family. But the reality is, you know, 
realistically no matter how crazy life gets and you know how much my life changes I have to sit down and say to myself look Gabs is the one who was filming my first sketches you know she was the one who was first saying yeah you should post it It it's funny and I have to just give that recognition in some form because otherwise it's just not it's not it's not genuine of me you know uh, before we before we let you go we just have um one question that we ask all of our guests mm-hmm. but the reason why we ask the question is because you know as people of color we often don't necessarily feel like we are pretty or beautiful mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um or the world at least doesn't tell us that we are um so we would like to know when you first realized that you were beautiful well, first of all, I'd like to reiterate your sentiment and say that, you know, people of colour are, are beautiful, you know, in terms of just everything that makes us different, you know, the hair, um, the complexion, you know, a- anything, could be anything, anything that makes that you look in the mirror and think, oh, that makes me different. I think all of those things are beautiful. And for me, moving to London, prior to that, I had not really lived in a place where I had much diversity around me. I don't know if there was any black girls in my school. Um, I only started to meet um, them at university, late late in university. And there's so much stuff I didn't understand. So much I didn't realise there were so many complexes about hair or being picked last and stuff. And I'm having to really speedily educate myself. But, you know, I just look around London and I just see everybody who's here. And I just think, you know, that everyone's, you know, there's just so much beauty here. And I just love it. And I love, I love the range and the variety. So just to reiterate that sentiment, first of all, um, mm. but in terms of when I felt I was beautiful, um, I, I just think, you know, I just I'm just happy with the way I look. It doesn't concern me. And I, I guess that is an, that somewhere in there. It means that I have an appreciation of what makes me me. I think the first time that I, uh, you know, had a really good shape up in London by a proper barber, someone who knew what they were doing, not some sort of Norwich guy who'd never seen a curl in his life. <laughs> Walking out the barbers and feeling the sting of the alcohol on my fresh skin fade and seeing a hairline that had been magically sprayed back into place. And you know, the, 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 the curling sponge had been used to perfection. I thought, yeah, you know what? I feel pretty damn good right now. So yeah, it might be quite oh. recent, but that was a very prominent memory for sure. <laughs> oh, that's quite sweet. That barbershop life for men, huh? Yeah. <laughs> You've been amazing. And thank you for sharing with us. And thank you for being so honest. And we are very excited to keep sharing your videos in our black girl groups that we are doing right now. Amazing. Thank you so much for supporting me. Guys. You please mm. tell our listeners where they can find you on the internet. So Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, okay. everything. So it might be a bit tricky to spell, but if, if, you're re- if you're feeling really lazy, just type in unknown P and just follow the rabbit hole there. If not, it's M-U-N-Y-A, so Munya, and then Chihuahua with all A's and W's. So Cha-wa-wa, and that's it. So how was that for you guys? I really thought Munya is just... He's- I don't know, he comes across so different when you're talking to him than obviously the characters that we're used to him playing. Yeah, that's so true. I think um, it's a funny thing when you actually talk to comedians because you forget that they're not their, they're not their characters. No. <laughs> they are just actual normal humans. But he was also hilarious. He was, yeah. I think what surprised me the most is how serious yeah. he was a lot of the time. Um, but then every now and again, he'd just like drop <laughs> in. Drop the line. Yeah just literally had me creasing throughout the episode but then every now and again I'd be like oh the 
the Palmer's thing. I actually thought about that. I was like, there's a very good point about the Palmer's. Why do they put freaking eucalyptus in cream? No, I don't need it going up my nose. It's true. Although I do like a tingling sensation, so I didn't. I, I just let him make his complaint. I didn't want to challenge it. I like a tingle. You I like the tingle? I love a tingle. <laughs> That's so wrong. It's the only stimulation that I get ever. So. <laughs> I'm happy for it to be through oh, my moisture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh dear. Yeah. So we have to do a special episode for chi and tingling sensations. Right, exactly. Maybe <laughs> we could do something else. Hey, I'm saying that the only tingling that I get is through my oh, moisture, right. which okay, isn't a bad thing. We've been through it. <laughs> <laughs> Back <Right>. to Minya. <laughs> um, no, I think he was... Um, yeah, he was great. I actually, it's beautiful to actually hear him talk about his partner and the way he talks about his mum and his sisters and just his respect for women, actually. And not that any other guest wouldn't do that, but the fact that he sort of brought that up on, like, voluntarily. It wasn't like we probed him for that and he just sort of said mm. it. I felt like that was just quite a sweet moment to hear someone talk so positively, you know, about black women and about his partner and what she's done for him. So, yeah, I really like that. Also, part. admitting that he didn't, realize until recently I think there's something so refreshing mm. about that so many people pretend like even if they just woke up today they've pretend that they've been awake since birth do you know what I mean and he's yeah. like I didn't I've know. literally only just realized yeah. and I'm embarrassed yeah. to say but it's the truth yeah yeah I totally respect him I really um got a lot of love from Minya if I didn't have it before I'm so looking forward to what's coming for him because I'm sure there's so much great opportunities that he's going to be able to have yeah so true but yeah Yeah. and his eyebrow chat was pretty fantastic (laughs) too I have to say very impressed that he never got picked on for those eyebrows that's um he he went to high school with some very nice people yeah wouldn't have got away with that in my Irish high school I didn't get away with that school myself so and just a reminder, <laughs> if there's anybody that you would really like to hear us interview, just drop us a DM, slide into the DMs, at us, leave us a message anyhow, and we'll look into it. Yeah, I mean, we make no promises. Please don't put, like, Beyonce into our DMs. Like, you know, like, keep this reasonable. Yes. Really? Uh, but yeah, for sure, we'll definitely find more interesting people to talk to um, and hopefully get a few gems from. Yeah, and if there's anything that you really loved about this episode and you want to chat more about it, again, comments, DMs, email, whatever, we're here and open. Can I use our email? Who does, who does, it, who does it go to? Katie? Yeah. Do you reply to me if I email the pretty email? Of course. Thanks, babe. <laughs> <laughs> You have been listening to the Unpretty Podcast, hosted by me, Chi Euphodiama. And me, Basma Khalifa. Not forgetting our producers. Shout out to A. Soleil for booking our amazing guests. And Katie Bissett for managing this whole thing. Special thanks to Xenia Gala for our artwork and Enoch Colo for our soundtrack. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, please make sure you subscribe, rate us, and make sure you tell all your friends. And follow us on at and pretty podcast on Instagram and Twitter for more updates. Until next time.